Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. My name is Richard, and I'm the podcast announcer. In his sermon, A Prayer Hearing God, Jonathan Edwards wrote, Hence we may learn how highly we are privileged, in that we have the highest revealed to us who is a God that heareth prayer. The podcast aims to exhort, encourage, and explore how to enjoy that privilege to the utmost. Edwards then also says, A God who delights in mercy and is rich unto all that call upon him. Join Fred as we unpack, as you groovy young people say these days, the nurturing of our growing, biblical, dynamic, and soul-satisfying communion with God Almighty. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this beautiful day. We do bow before you and we bless you for your abundant goodness to us. We thank you for your grace and your mercies, holy God. We do pray today that we would be encouraged through your word and encouraged through our thoughts of you, Lord Jesus, through the words of the prophet Jeremiah. We just bless you and we thank you that you are the God who knows and that we can come to you whatever our situation is in each and every moment and know that you are listening and know that you are going to respond Holy God, we just bow before you as the saints of old always did, and we just present ourselves to you and pray that your mercies would come to us, that we would be encouraged and comforted and excited about what you are doing in our lives and in our world. We commit our time to you, Lord Jesus. Help our hearts rise to give you glory, to give thee all the glory, Holy God, and to worship you in truth and in sincerity, Lord Jesus, and in the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, we present this time to you in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, because of his blood shed on our behalf for the glory of God. Thank you, Jesus. Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. My name is Fred, and I am the podcast host. I do apologize about my voice. It sounds a little different. I've got something going on today, but I'm not sure what we are getting ready to go back into Jesus Teaches Prayer, and we're going back to the book of Matthew. But before we did that, I did want to do our 70th devotional. It's pretty amazing. We've talked before. I love devotionals. I love concentrating on God and what he's doing. But even in the midst of the devotionals, we can learn and change. And in, and in this case, it's actually one of those moments where we talked early on about a growing prayer life, and we've mentioned that over the time that our prayer lives grow. This is one of those where I found unconsciously my prayer life changing a little bit, at least in respect to this passage that we're going to read today. One of my yearly verses this year was from Jeremiah 15, 15 through 16. And to be transparent, I began to pray it mostly for my children, and then I was swept up in the passage as well for myself. And the passage reads this way, Jeremiah 15, 15 through 16. Thou who knowest, O Lord, remember me, take notice of me, and take vengeance for me on my persecutors. Do not, in view of thy patience, take me away. Know that for thy sake I endure reproach. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. 
and thy words became a joy and the delight of my heart. For I have been called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. And central to this, verse 16 was the central reason I started praying them for my children and my grandchildren. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And actually, that's the old King James way of saying that. The NASB says, your words were found, and I ate them. And thy words became a joy and a delight. And that's what I was praying for my children, that the, they would devour the word of God. They would take it in. They would long for it. And then in that process, the word of God would become a delight for them. God himself would become the major delight in their lives. And that's an ongoing process. And then, of course, I began to pray that for myself as well. Now, Jeremiah finds himself in chapter 15 of his book. In one of those, he's pouring his heart out before God. He's preached and he's preached. And he's hoped in his own soul that Jerusalem would come back, that the Israelites would come back. But they're not. They're not listening. And then God is pouring out more wrath on them, which is what he said he would do. And so I just see Jeremiah in this chapter, in these verses especially, as kind of a mixed joy and a mixed emotion that he has as he watches the people of Israel not listening to the Word of God, not listening to what God is telling them and knowing that this is going to end up in their judgment. And if you want to know how Jeremiah felt about Jerusalem and about the people of God, read the book of Lamentations. He is torn up because of their justice or because of the justice of God seen in God's wrath on the city of Jerusalem. So he, loved God, he loves God's people and he doesn't want to see what God is warning them is coming. And so he's in that middle ground. But just like Ezekiel, when Ezekiel was confronted with the dry bones, and God asked him, can these bones live again? He says, Lord, thou knowest. Jeremiah's call is the same right here. Thou knowest. In fact, that has to be one of the choruses that especially the major prophets had to be saying to themselves because they were called and God told them they were called to a work that wasn't going to be effective, at least as effective as they wanted it to be and that the people were not listening to them, and yet they had to do their job. Remember, again, Ezekiel was told, as long as you preach, you're okay. Whatever the people do with it, you do your job, I will handle the people. And so he preached, and Jeremiah preached, and Isaiah preached to less effective repentance than they, any of them would have wanted. But he's calling out to God in that mix of emotions, Thou who knowest, O Lord, remember me, take notice of me. Now we know that Jeremiah was known of the Lord when he was still in the womb. And not only did he take notice of him, but he chose him to do this job. But the interesting part for me when we, when we talk about a growing prayer life is, as I've been praying this over the last few months, remember my prayer year is from October to October, so it's almost over for these verses but the first few months when I prayed, I prayed and to take vengeance for me on my persecutors. And I just, I think it was Martin Luther who talked about, you can read prayers, but you need to be pouring your emotions into them. You need to be pouring your mind and your heart and your soul into what you're reading as a prayer. 
because effective prayer, true prayer, is, as we've talked about before, the pouring out of our souls to God. But we live in a different dispensation, in a different testament. We're in the New Testament, a different testament about what God is doing and about the fulfillment of his salvation. And it reminded me in Luke when James and John wanted to call down fire on an unbelieving village. And you can find this in Luke 9. And Jesus responded with, basically, you do not know what spirit you are of. This is what we're not We're not called to do this from here on out. This is the kingdom. This is my kingdom. And I came to seek and to save that which was lost, not to punish those who wouldn't listen. That would be coming, but not until eternity or not until their judgment. So as I was praying through this, I had a really hard time praying that section and take a vengeance for me on my persecutors. And after a few months, What I started pouring out, what my heart started pouring out was, Lord Jesus, take your vengeance on yourself for my persecutors, for my enemies. Bring them to salvation. Let your vengeance be upon you and the blood you shed for me on the cross, for all your children on the cross, and take that vengeance out out on yourself through their salvation. And that became a freeing moment for me that's become the last, now the last several months, a freeing moment. I can pray for those who I consider persecutors or enemies and to pray for their salvation. Yes, I want God's vengeance. I want his justice. But he poured out his justice and his wrath on Jesus so we wouldn't have to. And that's the essence of the New Testament. When Jesus says, you don't know what spirit you are of, That's the spirit we are of. Lord, forgive them the way you forgave me. Hell is terrible. Hell is for eternity. And nobody wants to think about it in this life. We know it will give God glory. We see that in the book of Revelation. We've talked about that before. But it's not anything that anyone wants, not even God himself. He doesn't take any pleasure, it says, in the death of the wicked. So the two beautiful parts about this, well, there's several. God knows, and we call on him to remember us, but he remembers us. We know he takes notice. His wrath poured out can be absorbed by his son, Jesus Christ, for the salvation of souls, which is what we long for and to pray for, and indeed what Jesus and the Holy Ghost are praying for right now as well. Then he says, Do not, in view of thy patience, take me away. Know that for thy sake I endure reproach. And here again, that's one of those things that Jesus has already told Jeremiah. You're going to endure reproach for me. The people aren't going to listen to you. And indeed, in one point, he gets thrown in a well, which is really reminiscent of Paul. And Jesus told him, after he struck him on the way to Damascus, struck him blind, that he must learn. He actually, he told Ananias this about Paul, that Paul must learn the things he needs to suffer for my sake. So he was up front with Paul and he was up front with Jeremiah. And yet in our hearts, we still cry out in our despair or our confusion, which is seems to be where Jeremiah is here. Remember me. Don't take me away. It's for your sake that I endure reproach. And then the most comforting verses from here. Thy words were found and I did eat them. And thy words became for me a joy and a delight of my heart. For I have been called by thy name, O Yahweh Sabaoth. 
And this is when we talk about our prayers and growing. And we talked also early on about our prayers, the reasons and the result of our prayers. And if you remember, the ultimate reason and result of our prayer is glory to God. We do that when we pray, even when we're unconscious of it. Until we learn what we're doing, we are still glorifying God. And then the chief reason we talked about, and they're all right here, the chief reason for prayer, one of the chief reasons, which is not the ultimate reason, but the chief reason for, for prayer is to conform us to his will. And through these months, my prayer, my use of this passage in prayer has brought me closer to the will of God when I started praying or just saying the words and take vengeance for me, but then started praying for that to be turned for the salvation of others. Yes, his wrath is coming, his justice is coming, but his justice was poured out on Jesus for our salvation. And we need to be praying it's so for others, even our persecutors or our enemies. And then as we pray and we think about the other chief reason that we've come to, remember the first of this year, is our emotion, our emotional pull, our closeness with God comes through his word and our conversation with him. And as we grow, his word becomes more and more for us a joy and a delight of our hearts. It's the center of our, center of our being and the center of our conversation and the center of our joy when we read them and take them to heart. So today, meditate on Jeremiah for the next few days, Jeremiah 15 through 16, and we can pray for the justice of God in tune with the spirit of our age, that is the salvation of others, and we can pray even more that we would find his words, desire his words, and eat them, and let them become our joy, because he has called us, Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of armies, has called us to our salvation. Prayerfully, this helped, and this illustrates a little bit of how our prayers grow, even over the over the course of a year, and even when we may be centered on one thing, God pulls us in, and we grow in another area. Glory to God. He is so good to us and so good to teach us. Thank you for listening. Like I said, we will be back next time with the beginnings. It looks like it's going to be three parts on forgiveness. And we touched on that before, but we are going to look from Matthew again, chapter 6 in the Sermon on the Mount. And we're going to take a little more detailed look at forgiveness in our prayers. Until then, though, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you, giving you grace upon grace. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. We are praying God uses this episode in some way to encourage your communion with the Holy Savior to sustain your soul. Fred wanted me to tell you he's sorry if you've tried to contact us through Facebook or Twitter. His quote to me was, I don't understand either my Facebook page or Twitter. You can still contact us at freerangeprayer at gmail.com and Instagram is still freerangeministries if you'd like to contact us there. I'm Richard Durrington and still available at durringtonr at gmail.com or visit richarddurrington.com. And until next time, we will pray for one another.